There was a diner at either end. Both were 24 hours. We would just cruise around, do the rounds. We had a good time. And I'm glad I did that. I remember we used to take the baby carrier and we would go. There was a restaurant on 2nd Avenue that was taken over by the 2nd Avenue subway construction, Eminent Domain. It was called Tony Dinopoli. And they had big, lazy Susans because it was family style. And I remember just taking Luca and putting him in the baby carrier and putting the baby carrier, like the car seat baby carrier, on the lazy Susan and just like letting him spin while we had dinner. And I'm so glad I did all that because that's a lot harder as you have uh, multiples, multiple children. So I remember standing there looking in the mirror in our little mirror on 86th Street and like my breasts were much smaller. And, you know, this juxtaposition of having when you, you're you nursing, right, and your breasts are like Mother Earth, like they're two little planets of life to give life to your children. And then you stop. And in my case, not everybody's case, but in my case, they were like all of a sudden smaller than they had ever been and lower and the actual like structure of my bones had changed. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. I only gained like 26 pounds when I was pregnant is something I have never said because with each of my three pregnancies, I stopped counting in the 50s. Definitely got in the 60s with uh, one of them. And every time I gained a lot of weight and I didn't really stress about it. It was, you know, this is a show where we talk about our bodies and what your body goes through when you have a baby is pretty fucking massive. And the cravings. Oh, my gosh, the cravings. I had been a vegetarian forever. And then I just felt like death on two feet with my first child. And I remember there used to be a diner called the TikTok Diner on 86th and Lexington above the subway station. It's now a condo. And there was no TikTok, rather, actual TikTok. There was internet, but there were no smartphones. And um, I just remember feeling so badly and sitting down at that diner with my mother and being like, I need meat. And I ordered a cheeseburger and literally I swallowed the first bite and came back to life. But yeah, my first pregnancy, I ate almost every day for lunch, iced tea, a BLT and French fries. And I remember my mother had, she was in the hospital at one point and it was, I was at the end of my pregnancy with my first son. And I lived around the corner from two little red hens bakery in Manhattan and they had these cinnamon buns that they only made on the weekends. And it was like literally like a week away from having my son. And I was like, I went in and I got two cinnamon buns and I got on the bus to go down to the hospital to visit my mother. And I start eating the cinnamon buns on the bus. And like the the icing is like hitting my my big stomach. And I was just like, I was so indulgent and so happy. And I would do it again. And I did do it again. I did it three times. And I fed those babies and I fed myself what I needed and I never judged myself and I never worried about it. And it was a beautiful period in having 
just enjoying my body and everything it could do. And I did. With each child, I lost all of the weight. I knew I had to wait until when I stopped nursing, like that the weight was not all going to come off until the nursing stopped. But I never like judged myself in that time period. And I had like this incredible determination to lose the pregnancy weight in a healthy way and with no shame and no blame. And I gave myself grace. And I bring this up because you know I love to reflect and see where we can learn from reflecting. And I know a lot of you are shaking your head like, yes, 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 I've been there. I've done that. I, I remember. I am thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. Your love centers are your main areas in your life in which you put energy. Our goal together is to encompass these centers with conscious, compassionate self-love so that this boundless and self-expanding love can grow into the life we have always known we were meant to live. Someone once asked me, what are you waiting for? This one question sparked the light in my soul. At the time, I was living unconsciously, without intention, without awareness, without love and balance. Bringing conscious, compassionate self-love to our centers helps us identify where we're placing our energy and where we want or need fulfillment. Now I ask you, what are you waiting for? Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers through conscious, compassionate self-love. So how can I learn from that love I gave my body when it was changing, you know? And I think one reason I was able to be, to give myself space and give myself grace throughout this process was because it was so much bigger than me, right? I was creating life. I was being of service. I was making my husband a father, giving him children. I was giving my parents grandchildren, giving my sons siblings, brothers, right? As I was able to sort of like adapt and selflessly give of myself because of the big picture. So I remember standing in front of the mirror after I stopped nursing my first son and my body was back to its sort of regulated size where I fell naturally. And I remember standing and looking, I don't think that house had a full-length mirror, that apartment. We lived in a walk-up on 86th Street, and my son's bedroom was above the 86th Street Crosstown bus, so he can sleep through anything. <laughs> he can sleep with any noise whatsoever. And what he didn't like was silence. If he fell asleep in the stroller, the second I walked up the stairs to the apartment and it was relatively quiet, he would wake up. So he took every single nap out in the street. That kid can sleep through everything. Nothing like living in a three-story walk-up with your newborn baby. And at night, he would wake up a lot. And we had like five different 24-hour restaurants on the street. So I never was much of a schedule mom. He probably would have done well, as would I have done well, having a stick to a schedule. But instead, I like got him up, put him in the baby carrier. And like, we would hang out with the guy, Joed, the guy who owned Mr. Fresh Bread, the bakery on our block. We would go. There was a diner at either end. Both were 24 hours. We would just cruise around, do the rounds. We had a good time. And I'm glad I did that. I remember we used to take the baby carrier and we would go. There was a restaurant on 2nd Avenue that was taken over by the 2nd Avenue subway construction, eminent domain. It was called Tony Dinopoli. And they had big, lazy Susans because it was family style. And I remember just taking Luca and putting him in the baby carrier and putting the baby carrier, like the car seat baby carrier, on the lazy Susan and just like letting him spin while we had dinner. And I'm so glad I did all that because that's a lot harder as you have uh, – multiples, multiple children. So I remember standing there looking in the mirror in our little mirror on 86th Street and like my breasts were 
much smaller. And, you know, this juxtaposition of having when you, you're nursing, right, and your breasts are like Mother Earth, like they're two little planets of, of life to give life to your children. And then you stop. And in my case, not everybody's case, but in my case, they were like all of a sudden smaller than they had ever been and lower. And the actual like structure of my bones had changed. Like my my torso was like wider. My hips were wider. My shoe size changed. I did get rid of all of my shoes. I had this amazing pair of like maroony, purpley pumas that I tried so hard to wedge my new feet into and keep. And that was like the last pair that I held on to. And those sneakers, they were so classic. But I had to get rid of them. They just didn't fit. And I'm a firm believer that it's a sin to keep things you don't use. Like I always have a running bag of stuff for the thrift shop because if I'm not using it, someone else should no interest in storing things I don't use. If I can't find something I'm looking for, I eventually realize that I gave it away. So yeah, my whole body changed, you know. After I had my first son, I could no longer crack my back anymore, but yet my ankles cracked every morning. Like there were all these little changes and it shifted from child to child, right? Like, and sadly, I love cracking my back, but since having my last son, my back doesn't really crack anymore. I, just, I don't, you know, your bones change, everything, really really changes. Maybe not if you gain 26 pounds, but that wasn't my MO. So as women, like we're biologically made to be like nourishers. I literally had like two feed bags hanging off of me. We're givers of life. We're givers of, givers of growth and nourishment. So why do we struggle or why did I, let me make it about me, and you can shake your head in agreement if you feel the same way, but why did I struggle to accept other changes in my body that I was able to accept when it was in service of creating life, you know, as I said, giving to my husband, my parents, myself, getting to be a mother. But yet there have been other changes that I've gone through that have been wildly impactful and really, you know, like menopause, this thing that we go through, there's so much like anger around it and like, why us? Why do we have to do it? Instead of like an honest discussion, like it's just, it's part of the whole package. And how can I take that love and that acceptance that I was able to take throughout pregnancy, weight loss, after pregnancy, the whole kit and caboodle, and put, I never thought I'd say kit and caboodle, certainly not in a podcast, but that whole kit and caboodle, and put it towards other areas where I struggle and recognize, like, you know, how can I bring that grace to these other times in my life? And, you know, we all have our inner child, right? So sometimes going back and reconnecting with a younger version of yourself and really closing your eyes and taking some meditative time around who you were when you were small is a wonderful way to bring grace and love and patience to your adult self because she's still in there, right? And so if you can connect with her, I went to an event once many, many years ago where they handed us um, name tags that had a pin on the back and they told us all to pin our name tags on. We did. And then they told us to take our name tags off and we did. And they said, now close your eyes and reconnect with your six-year-old self. And then when you open your eyes, we want you to put your name tags back on. But imagine that you're putting your name tag on your six-year-old self. And we did. And then they asked, what did you do differently? And it was an incredible experiment because we did things so differently. I mean, like you gently put 
the pin through your clothes to make sure that you don't pierce your skin. Like you just, you make sure it's straight, not crooked. You just take so much more care when you think you're doing it for a child. And so this is a wonderful exercise in life. It's like if you can reconnect to that younger you and treat yourself with that same care, you are able to bring that awareness and show up for yourself with love the way you kind of do it instinctually for your body when you're doing it for your kids, for your husband, for your parents, for your motherhood. It's just an awareness. So what does loving yourself in this manner that I just discussed look like for you? Remember, love is not a pizza, as I often say. Like, there are not eight slices of love available, and once they're eaten, they're gone. Like, imagine a pizza that every time you took a slice away, another slice magically replaced it. That's really cool. And I just came up with that. I'm like really proud of myself right now. But imagine that. If love actually was a pizza, that's the kind of pizza it would be. And almost a pizza of love, if you removed a slice, two slices might replace it. Like it, it gets bigger, right? So like if you can give yourself loving energy through times that you have previously struggled, you will not only be able to give yourself more love, but you will nurture those around you even more lovingly. So if there are times in your life where you've been able to tap in to patience, grace, and loving acceptance, and then there are times where you found that struggle harder, a unifier to how you can kind of balance your approach to these situations is, again, going back to the younger you and remembering that you still deserve that care. You still deserve that patience. And you are capable of giving it to yourself as a beautiful, grown-ass, loving adult woman. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.